0: Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our heart be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. I absolutely love that the lectionary and the liturgical calendar has us read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the same readings and the same events year after year after year. In fact, it really feels like just yesterday we were at this point in the calendar uh, for last year. Not only does this stem from an intentional rhythm around which we have decided to orient our lives, but it's also a good reminder that the biblical text possesses many layers, many senses of meanings through which the Holy Spirit speaks to us. It's why you can pick up one text at one point in your life and you come back to that same exact text five, 10, 15 years later and it seems like it means something so different from what it meant the first time you encountered it. And that means that each time we read the Holy Scriptures, we see things that are new. Even if we've read those same Scriptures countless times. I mean, Palm Sunday is a great example. I assumed before reading the story of the procession from Matthew this week, that I had seen it all. I've taken a class on the book of Matthew in seminary. I've read that story countless year after year after year, at least eight years now, I think, since I've become Anglican. But you know what they say about people who assume. And that brings us to the focus of today's sermon, the donkey and the colt, and what they can teach us. And I do mean that. The first thing we might ask about our reading from Matthew this morning, not the Passion narrative, but the one of the procession into Jerusalem at the beginning of Passion Week, is why Jesus chooses to ride a colt on his way into the city. I mean, the people greet him with such great enthusiasm, to the point that they're even willing to make him the king. So you'd think that Jesus would want to have a nicer ride for the occasion, But what we know is that Jesus' life and ministry was characterized by his humility. I mean, think about our collect of the day this morning. Almighty and everlasting God, who of thy tender love towards mankind, has sent thy Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to take upon him our flesh and to suffer death upon the cross, that all mankind should follow the example of his great humility. Jesus certainly could have gotten an impressive war horse or a beautiful show horse or something that would have wowed the crowds. But this is the same person who we heard in Philippians 2, was in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And so he comes to us, Not atop a great horse or a beautiful horse or a nice car, but riding a beast of burden. Further from Matthew's account of the story, we know that there was this colt. So there's a donkey and a colt. He's riding the colt, which had never been ridden before. And some of the church fathers point out that that this alone proves that Jesus was divine, that he could take this colt, which had never been ridden, which was so young and ride it through such great crowds and great commotions and great tumult. He had to be God because only God could master a cult in that way. So it proves Jesus' divinity. But still, the point is that the humility Jesus shows here culminates in the events of the passion story that we heard Deacon David read from Matthew 27. That Jesus endures such shame, humiliation, and abuse on our behalf illustrates the great depth of his love for each and every one of us sitting here. So we can certainly learn from the donkey and the colt about Jesus' humility, but they can also teach us a little bit about salvation history. St. Augustine, the church father, points out that, that the fact that Jesus brings both animals, the colt and the donkey, reminds us of the Old and New Testaments, the Old and New Covenants. The donkey is older She's probably the mother of the colt who birthed the colt, and so she's there with the colt as a way to provide comfort. Also, she represents the burdens that had been placed on the people through the old covenant law. The colt, however, is younger and birthed from the mother donkey. He stands for the new covenant. In other words, the new covenant originates from the old covenant in this intimate way. Yes, they're different, but they have a similar origin point. And we play this out liturgically when we light the candles. I don't know if you've ever noticed this. You maybe, maybe didn't get here early enough to see Matt light the candles this morning. But we call the right side of the altar, as you're facing it, the right side of the altar, the epistle side. And the left side is the gospel side. However, sometimes those candles, the candle on the right side, on the epistle side, is referred to by some as the Old Testament candle. And the New Testament candle is on the left. And so when we light the candles, we light them from right to left. And when we extinguish the candles, we extinguish them from left to right and the idea is that the New Testament candle never shines by itself because it depends on the Old Testament. We don't have an Old Testament without the New Testament. There is no Old Covenant without or no new covenant without the old. And so the significance in terms of the, the donkey and her cold is that both are present at the inauguration of Holy Week. They remind us that all of the Holy Scriptures, every single page, every single chapter, every single verse of the Bible ultimately points us to Jesus Christ and the events of this week. The Old Testament always looks forward in anticipation to Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith, while the New Testament details the events and the results and the ongoing reality ushered in by Christ and his work. And one of those ongoing realities is the mission of the church, and this is something that the colt and the donkey teach us about as well. St. Bernard of Clairvaux remarks that on the original Palm Sunday, Jesus received honor in three different ways. First, he received honor from those who were present, who went out and cut the branches from the palm trees and laid them in the street. The second way that Jesus received honor was from those who took off their own cloaks and laid them in the street. But the final way that Jesus received honor, according to Bernard, was from the donkey itself. The branches are a good sign, but they don't cost anything, to the people who cut them down. The garments were good too, but they are what Bernard calls a gift from abundance. The Colt, however, gave all of himself to serve Jesus. And in this Bernard sees the calling of Christians and the church. He says, "Are you not the beast on which Christ sits?" St. Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 6:20, "For you are brought with a price. Therefore glorify God in your body. Our job as individual Christians, as a corporate entity of the church is to bring the gospel out, to communicate and perpetuate the events that we observe this coming week, his passion, his death, and his resurrection. And so we are beasts of burden going out into the world, carrying Jesus. We saw that this morning at the baptism of Jonas Samson. You know, that the gospel was played out in that liturgy. He died to sin and was raised to walk in newness of life. We're going to see it again next week. We're going to have multiple baptisms next week. That same story will play out again and again and again. And so the point is that the donkey and her colt tell us not just about who Jesus is or, or about what we are to do, or not about just who Jesus is or what he's done, but what we are to do, which is to carry Jesus into the world. The many services that we do during Holy Week are important as we walk with Jesus, commemorating each step that brought us about our redemption. Now, the point, of course, isn't to enshrine these events as mere liturgical exercises. Rather, we engage in the liturgies and commemorations as a way of shaping and sanctifying our imaginations. The way Jesus arrived in Jerusalem was meant to teach us about his humility, about the mode of our salvation and our subsequent mission As the church. So use this week, use these beautiful and ancient traditions as a way of becoming a donkey, more fit to bear our Lord into the world, not only in word, but also in deed. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.